0: my guest this week is Jason DeLine, an actor who's popped up in everything from X-Men, Days of Future Past, and The Walk, to Arrow, Warehouse 13, and Aftermath. He's performed voice roles in numerous Beyblade series and Arthur, and a bunch of other stuff, and you'll see him later this year on Star Trek Discovery. And given that it's Fan Expo Week in Toronto, this seemed like the perfect time to have him on the show. Jason picked Batman the Movie, producer William Dozier's 1966 feature film spinoff of the ABC television series that defined the character for a generation or more. Adam West and Burt Ward were Batman and Robin, fighting their way through a rogues gallery of celebrity guest stars that included Cesar Romero's Joker, Burgess Meredith's Penguin, Frank Gorshin's Riddler, all of whom were recruited for this big-screen venture, along with Lee Merriweather stepping in for Julie Newmar as Catwoman. It's complicated. But so was the plot, too big for one villain easily, as the Cape Crusaders' greatest enemies band together to take the United Nations hostage or something. I don't know. They're evil. It's an evil plan. You know the deal. West's death earlier this year... Gives a melancholy underpinning to the proceedings now, but I think we can still appreciate the production in its intended context, which is just can't be fun. This is someone else's movie.
1: I've always liked Batman, and uh, I didn't see this movie when it first came out. Uh, obviously, I mean I was born twelve years after it came out, but I, I didn't see the movie sort of in chronological order. With uh, it came out after the first season of the series, and then we had two more. Um, I watched the series in its entirety numerous times on reruns when I was a kid and um, and I didn't see the movie for years later and I had trouble with it when I first saw it because yeah. I didn't have the attention span I guess as a kid I liked the you know 20 minute two-parter type thing and it was a lot of fun um, but yeah Adam West was my first introduction into Batman when I was a kid as many kids before me it was I saw him on TV and I didn't know it was a comedy. Uh, I thought this was a superhero show and, you know, drink your milk and wear your seatbelt. I love this stuff. Uh, It got me to respect rules and law enforcement and just doing good, Mm -hmm. Uh, but also the fun of dressing up, the idea of a superhero. uh, so much of that was so much fun for me without getting any of the jokes and i i didn't know i was watching these legends of of film play these bad guys and girls every week and and then as i as i got older i would go back to it cuz i would hear people say yeah that show was so funny and i would think well really and i'd watch it again and think wow yeah i appreciate this on a whole new level now it's so funny and then years later, I go back to it. Oh, wow, look at all these legends of film. You know, after I've watched you know, older films as someone who became a film fan later in life. And then again, oh, this the satire, the parody, and then the layers of acting. And I just find more to appreciate about it every time I go back to it. And uh, these days, you know, it became so popular to darken Batman sure, yeah. as a response to this series. You know, the, I guess the... In the 70s, we got the, the Super Friends stuff and some of the the Scooby-Doo meets Batman and Robin and Adam West and Burt Ward. I want their voices to some of that. So that was still some fun. But then once we got into the 80s and Frank Miller did The Dark Knight Returns, everything changed. Yeah. And that's 30 years ago. And we're still in this dark uh, Batman era. Well, if uh, anything,
0: they've doubled down, right? Because Absolutely, yeah. Burton, who was still pretty playful... Yeah, but the gothic sort of, but, yeah. Yeah, serious stuff. He, he did it seriously. And um, then you get Schumacher
1: as a course correction, and oh nobody man. likes that. Yeah, that was, yeah, and I feel like he was trying to honor, I, I feel like he was really trying, you know. He wasn't trying to make a bad movie, but he was trying to inject the 60s fun and color Mhm. In a time where we weren't ready for it again, maybe. Yeah. Um, and when
0: maybe the actors weren't terribly comfortable with it either. and
1: Yeah, I think everyone was doing a different thing. Yeah. Um, I feel like Schwarzenegger was the only one who really understood, but that was such a bad movie. Yeah. And those lines were so bad. Um, It just didn't work. I feel bad for Clooney. I mean, he he might have been an okay Batman, but there was no room for him. Yeah. He's still my
0: favorite Bruce Wayne, weirdly enough. Is that right? He's 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 just so dapper and charming. Yeah. He's he's... enjoying himself in a way that could be performance, but maybe not. I mean, yeah, it's like the whole point after Batman Forever is that now Batman is well-adjusted or Bruce Wayne is accepting all of this. Yeah. So Clooney at least gets just just to have fun with that.
1: Yeah. There's no... no, you know, pain in, yeah. in Clooney's performance, but you definitely buy him as a, as a billionaire. Who's having a good time.
0: Right. Less convincing as Batman, unfortunately, because yes. of the suit and the, and the movie that he's in. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> it's such a, it's such a weird movie. I've, I've tried to watch it a couple
1: times knowing I don't like it and <laughs> it doesn't help. Uh, it could have been fun. I, I don't hate forever. It's not as good going back to it as I remembered it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tommy Lee Jones, I think, is woefully miscast as Two-Face. Carrie's having a great time, but he can have fun doing anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, lo- I love the, fir- the first two Burton ones. Uh, they're, they're a little slow and weird. And I, I think Keaton is an amazing choice because he sort of tempers the darkness and makes it fun. Yeah. Uh, Nicholson, same same thing. Um, and then now with the Nolan stuff, I, I don't feel like it was quite as dark, but takes itself more seriously. And now we're having fun again. We got the Lego Bat or the Lego movie. Sure, showed us that people are okay with having fun with Batman again. And I was a little nervous about the about the Batman Lego Batman movie. I right. thought, oh, do people want this much of it?
0: But oh, they
1: do. Yeah, yeah, I had so much fun with that. It wasn't as fresh as the Lego movie. I mean, they they tried to do a lot of the same things, um, but. Man, it it is a, a fanboy's dream. The amount of references in that movie, yeah. and they sort of allude to the fact that it's been the same guy since nineteen thirty nine. Some of the photos in his photo album yeah. it doesn't really make sense, but what the heck? I mean, super fun. Yeah.
0: Um, and it gives you, it brings you back to that eight year old joy. Yes, that you get from absolutely. the original series, and absolutely. that you sort of steered right into mm-hmm. at the time. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, I I'm, I had the same basic formative experience. I grew up with it on TV. I watched the movie. I think I saw it theatrically once, I think, because my grandfather owned a mm. the theater when I was a kid, and I'm oh, pretty cool. sure he programmed it uh, for my birthday or my brother's birthday. I think Actually, for me, I think it was Godzilla vs. Megalon, and Mike got uh, Batman, I nice. think. But it's also cloudy because I was so young. I know I saw it in a the theater, I just don't remember whose. Right. And then that was the, the early 70s, and then... Batman went sort of dormant for me. I was more of an X Men guy in mm. for the for the comic books. I was less interested in the the conception of Batman, and then they sort of got him back to being serious but a little sarcastic. Um, there was a there was a run called Batman and the Outsiders that right. was really intense and serious about Batman, but everybody else were just weird cartoons. And one of the one of those characters shows up in Suicide Squad, Katana, right? Uh, yep. Who who is. Uh, reimagined in the movie Suicide Squad as a stunt woman who wandered into the frame a bunch of times because they never figured out what to do with her character. <laughs> um, but that Batman was actually kind of close to Adam West. He's very serious. He's, he's ridiculously forthright and upright mm-hmm. and just the guy in charge as all the ridiculous stuff happens around him. I mean, rewatching the movie um, kind of cemented my my take on, on West Batman as a sort of children's show host. Because hmm. that's what he got hired for. The original concept of Batman the TV show is for kids. Almost a PSA type of yeah, thing mean you Yeah, you know, you'll, you'll pass along some good things for them yeah. to do and you'll just try to be the straight man to all these ridiculous cartoons and whatever Burt Ward is doing. Yeah. <laughs> and he found a way to make that fun. Yes. You know, like a straight arrow who's really kind of... He's not in on his own joke necessarily, but he's in on the larger joke. And yeah... It was watching the movie made me realize just how sweet Batman was, mm. um, and how weird West's performance is. It is
1: weird, uh, and 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 has so many layers to it. And we talked about this a little bit about the uh, the rage that mm-hmm. West brought to it. I think he's
0: yeah, he's trying very hard not to kill everybody.
1: Yeah, and in in the movie, uh, you know, rewatching it again um, this summer. I was kind of blown away by some of the lines in it, because um, <laughs> he, Bruce Wayne falls in love with with Kitka, the uh, alter ego of, of Catwoman, and mm-hmm. somehow doesn't doesn't see it, but that's part of the fun, and he wants to save her from. Uh, one of the bad guys is mentioned I think it might be the Riddler and he says and if and if he doesn't let her go I will beat him to a pulp or something like yeah. that and it's just whoa like suddenly this, this real true violence and that's him speaking as Wayne like mm-hmm. this is you know very earnest and uh, and Wayne's honest feelings and yeah it was really neat after hearing you say about the, the trying not to kill people in the room and, and to let it come out as Wayne like he he sort of lost control there yeah. and uh it's neat to see West allow Wayne to do that.
0: Yeah, because it's clearly his choice.
1: Yeah, and I don't think he gets enough credit. And I've even heard critics say he played it straight and didn't get the joke. And that is totally false. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, you couldn't do that show for three years. and No, he yeah. was having such a good time, but, but he hit it well. And it's amazing to some of those lines saying so dry. I mean, he he brings comedy to lines that aren't written funny, hmm. just the way he says them with his pauses and his, you know, contemplation. And I was reading about how one of his um, inspirations was uh, Basil Rathbone as, as Sherlock Holmes. And, oh. um, and he he really brought a, a thing that I think has been lost in a lot of the other iterations of Batman, the the detective work. And I love watching him. Pastes and sort of stroke his chin and and figure things out and then Eureka! And, and, and the, that passion that excitement of solving the crime and not quite enjoying it but then acting on it immediately to go save the day and that, that heroic feel of Batman I feel like has been lost even though he is a hero and he gets things done today we feel like he gets things done because he's the only one who can right. and avenging the death of his parents but I like seeing him enjoy being a hero, just wanting to do good. Uh, I think we don't always get the sense of of that Bruce Wayne is a good person, just a troubled one. Yeah. And I like seeing both. And I, I like seeing Wayne come through. Uh, a lot of the cartoons and a lot of the comics, we spend very little time with him out of the uniform. And he's always this brooding. Oh no, I I'm not gonna go to your barbecue. I've got to sit in the dark and be grumpy. You know, <laughs> like I, I like seeing the human aspects of, right. of Bruce. I like seeing when he finds uh, family and he lets his heart open. And uh, that's that's something that we can relate to and grab on to. Uh, we like that he's a superhero that can kick butt, but it's nice to see the the ten year old boy get a hug once in a while. Mm-hmm. You know, and. Uh, I wish we saw a bit more of that stuff. And, and Lego Batman did a little bit of that, which was nice to see. And I feel like you can see some of that in the West portrayal. You can see the humanity in him, which, uh, which, which resonates with me. I like that yeah. aspect of his portrayal.
0: It's funny, the, the, the Nolan films kind of get there a little bit with Bale... But it's mostly because I think Christopher Nolan, on some level, is ashamed of making Batman movies. He wants to make Bond films. I mean, like right. He, the costume is the thing he wants to avoid the most. Right. So I mean, there are even a couple of scenes where Bruce Wayne is the hero. Mm-hmm. Like, the thing in The Dark Knight with hitting somebody's car, and it's just like, yeah. oh, I'm playing a role, I'm, I'm having fun, but also, look, I don't have to wear a suit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the the bit in Dark Knight Rises about how damaged his body is, and he shouldn't be Batman anymore. It's just right. Nolan going, you know, there's got to be another way to tell the story. Yeah. And... And... He still... Bale's intensity just leads to a different interpretation. He wants to play Bruce Wayne as Driven and Wounded. But yeah, the whole... The whole point of West's Batman, which is the thing that I don't think any other actor really has grasped yet. Maybe Arnette gets it for the Lego Batman. But Batman is letting him be happy. Like, Batman mm. is his release. Right. And although he really wants to beat people up and he's doing it so he can be violent... He's still fulfilled. Like, this is his purpose. Yeah. And it's not a dark purpose. He's a hero. Yes. And Bruce Wayne is always a little careful, and he doesn't want to give the game away, and he's, he's kind of shifty in that his the West Bruce Wayne, because mm-hmm. he doesn't want to say too much. Right. And it gives another context to the hesitations. But Batman, as Adam West plays him, is somebody who's really, you know, like, he's getting off on this. He's good at this job.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like every scene we see in the series and in the movie with uh, Bruce and Dick... Is them looking for an excuse to put the outfits on? Yeah, you know, yeah. They're, they're they're bored. They they're making excuses for you know, they, oh we were out fishing all night or something. Yeah. You know, just all these crazy excuses they make for Aunt Harriet. Um, but yeah, it, you're totally right. They're at their best when when they're those heroes because that's who they are. And um, yeah, the, uh, the 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 Bruce and Dick are sort of the masks, you know. Mm. Um, that's who they have to be when they're not who they really are. Yeah, um, Yeah. I feel, I, mean, I feel like that show and that movie really captures that. The idea that they want to be heroes. They, that, You know, if, if if Batman and Robin didn't exist, they, they'd be firemen or they'd be cops or something. Like, they just want to help. Right. And that really comes through. And I like that. And as a kid, I loved it. And it made me want to do good. I remember um, there was an episode of... Of the series where batman had a he has this shiny buckle and he used the sun to reflect uh, off the buckle to i don't remember if it was just to get a signal or a morse code or something ridiculous and i remember um i had a little pocket mirror at my parents house and i i took it out of the plastic housing and i super glued it to a belt and i just would walk around and just reflect the sun i couldn't do anything with it of course but uh you know, that was like my first sort of delving into dress up was uh, I wanted to be Batman. And I wanted to have all those great gadgets and how ridiculous
0: they were. And yeah, it was great. Uh, I'm pretty sure I had a tow utility belt, but nothing actually worked. It was just cheap <laughs> plastic construction. Yeah, yeah. There was no grappling. hook. They wouldn't give a child a grappling hook. No, no. Uh, but the, yeah, you may have blinded a pilot. <laughs> he might have brought a plane down
1: yeah yeah I'm sure you could throw that high and
0: you'd get a stern lecture about that <laughs>
1: now we have to
0: control the fun
1: <laughs> there was another one where he uh, he suspected he was going to get poisoned so he got Alfred to bring him, I think, nine cartons of buttermilk, and he <laughs> drank them all straight. And the idea was it protected his stomach lining and it, it didn't absorb. <laughs> so I asked my mom to go get me some buttermilk. I was convinced this is my favorite drink now. So she got one carton of
0: buttermilk, and I tried drinking it, and I just I couldn't no, stomach it. It was no. disgusting. I just I wanted to be him. I, I wonder if they gave West instead? You couldn't. I mean, that would take the show down for the day. You couldn't just.
1: Yeah, I'm sure they cut it out of that. He didn't, they didn't right, show yeah. him drinking them all
0: in, in, in front of us. Or to, just bury him or something, like yeah. regular skim or something. Yeah. That'd still be probably. bad for you.
1: Yeah, yeah. They pro- maybe, they, maybe they just showed this in drinking the same yeah, clip. But Batman's
0: <laughs> a little gassy today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's funny, the milk thing. I was, uh, I know that he was, uh, he had the part in um, Robinson Crusoe on Mars. was a very, very small part, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading that he was actually cast based on this Nestle Quick commercial. Have you seen this Nestle Quick commercial? So it's black and white, and he plays sort of a James Bond-type guy. And he walks into this room, and it's it's supposed to be on a ship. And, you know, he's sort of thwarted this bad guy. And um, he's always got his Nestle Quick on him. And it's this weird, dry, goofy commercial. It's very Batman-esque. There's a trapdoor and... So this would have been a Saturday morning
0: commercial, I reckon.
1: I assume yeah. so, yeah. 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 And uh, but he wasn't he wasn't doing it because he was a celebrity. He was a guy who auditioned for and got this commercial. And the producer of the show, um, William Dozier saw saw this and brought him in because he thought that was going to be perfect for Batman. Mm. And that's so cool. Li- and you can see that on on YouTube that commercial. It's oh, I'm it's fun you. to watch and it, it's very very much him, Bruce. A little more uh, um, goofy But then he Famously was Later after uh, After Batman Was offered Bond In uh, On His Majesty's Secret Service I did not know that And he turned it down Because he felt Bond should be British I mean this is West's version of the story right, sure. But uh but uh, and he said later that he he's kicked himself for that. But can you imagine Adam West as James Bond? And don't think I can. Yeah, I'm trying to be very, very different hard. movie. I, he'd be closer to more, I guess, than any of the others. Yeah. Sort of, yeah. But I I think he could maybe pull it off. Could he
0: do the accent? I
1: mean, what do you want? Oh yeah, I think they'd I think they'd make him American. But then Ugh, I can't Bond. imagine that the the broccolis would allow that to happen. And, yeah, and the estate of um,
0: I wonder if he was a threat. Like if he was just used in a negotiation with someone else—that's else. very possible. You know, yeah. we did send the script to Adam West. You better, right. you better sign, quickly. yeah.
1: No, you're probably—it's probably closer to the truth, yeah, because oh. they've never deviated from someone from the UK since. Yeah. so that would be hard to take. <laughs> did you know that the producer William Dozier was also the narrator? I the... did.
0: Yes, I did know yeah. that. One, I think I'm pretty sure because yeah. he never really narrated anything else, right? It's no, and voice. they
1: had people come in to do it, and he kept saying, "No, more like this, like the old serials. And uh, so, well, why don't you just do it, Bill? <laughs> and so he did it all three seasons and the movie, and that's really the only acting he's ever done. Huh. also credited for uh, um,
0: creating the character of Barbara Gordon. That's right. She was introduced to get girls to watch the show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and spawned a a minor fetish industry uh, quite yeah. accidentally well, <laughs> yeah. between her and Catwoman. I mean, there, are, oh yeah, there there is something really fascinating about a show as innocent as Batman and, but a, movie, sexy, and a movie as well you know. being as as kind of aggressively sexy. Yeah, because it was the '60s, and it was just the mod look was started creeping into yep. it, and the and the look of the show and the film is something that we really you know you can't ignore. And, the pop art aspects of it. it. It looks more like a comic book than some of the comic books did at the Absolutely, time. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And and as a result, yeah, you've got Sexy Catwoman and Sexy Batgirl and mm-hmm. small children watching the show not fully understanding why they're responding to certain things. Yeah. I mean, it's, well, it's, and
1: it's interesting, too. It was at a very interesting time. I mean, Women's Live was kind of at a, a very high point then, yeah. right, mm-hmm. in the mid-'60s. And, um, you know, people talk about how, uh, you know, Catwoman and... Um, and Batgirl and that those shows were exploited, but they were also very smart, intelligent people. Mm-hmm. You know, people will often criticize if a woman is playing a, a villain in a in a movie or a TV show, but I don't think that necessarily undermines that they're a woman that because they're ba- they're a bad guy or bad girl in the movie. You know, if they if, if they're played as an intelligent uh, person who has their own um, reasons for doing what they're doing,
0: I mean, great. You know, yeah. well, why? Why not? And Catwoman uh, is one of the more traditionally fun parts for anybody in the Bat universe, anyway. Yeah,
1: for sure. I mean, yeah, t- of course, uh, attractive and 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 used her, uh, you know, wiles to to manipulate. Um, Bruce, and it worked, and literally everyone else. Yeah, uh, uh, but also incredibly intelligent, and, and you know she's she always seemed like the most stable to me of the of the Rogues Gallery. Everybody yeah. else had these silly ideas and were you know big flights of fancy and, and giant uh, personas, but she sort of
0: seemed more grounded. I, I mean, mean, well, she has a brand, you know, like she yeah. she, she wants to get rich and not yeah. work very hard. Why does it need to be any more than that? yeah <laughs> I mean, I mean, Julie Newmar is such a wonderful. Catwoman, although the first exposure I had to the character, the TV show character, was Eartha Kitt, mm. which was also, you know, looking back, an African-American woman playing a villain on a, yeah. a nationally syndicated network TV show mm-hmm. in the mid-60s. That's pretty radical. I mean, imagine, is, yeah. imagine how, well, I guess we don't have to imagine how angry people would get if there was a, a racial recasting on a bat villain because we've had... <laughs> Halle Berry is Catwoman, and uh, yeah. the film was just generally judged to be awful. Yeah, weirdly, no one blames Berry. No, like, no, and
1: well,
0: nor should they. Like, I was, don't think so. Anybody would have done that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would have played Catwoman if I had the chance. But yeah, yeah, a bad movie. But yeah, Eartha, Eartha Kitt put her own spin on it for sure, mm-hmm. and uh, you know she's been imitated uh, later with uh, with various video game and animated um, That's right. versions mm-hmm. of it. You Character know. recurs. Yeah, and she had that. She had that great like I can't do it but no. I think she did the best at that like she really leaned into the cat thing and she looked like she was having a ton of fun yeah, yeah the, the she's very different I, I feel like Meriwether and um, and um, Newmar aren't aren't super different I think uh, they probably coached Meriwether to be as close to Newmar as yeah, possible it for feels the movie. but Eartha Kitt did her own thing which is super fun and mm. I always love that character when uh, in, in the show when she would um be playing. I don't know if they called her Selena in the show. I can't remember if she ha- ever had no, no, that. No, no, she must have because uh, well, ego.
0: yeah, she shows up in disguise basically.
1: Yeah, and often like as a some kind of alter ego, but um, you know, this she was Miss Kitker or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then she was revealed to be Catwoman, not Selena Kyle. Mm-hmm. But I love when she would wear like a leopard print suit from head to toe and a pillbox hat that was leopard print. Like it was, it was just so ridiculous, yes. but super fun. She's got to be herself. Yeah, she can't hide it and and the, the movie was great because it brought all these amazing actors together and it's such an ensemble piece for them and they're all so equally crazy and i love in the uh in the in their hideout they have these just shelves that are labeled like there's question marks for the riddler and then one is like birds or something for the penguin and jokes for the it's so silly uh but tons of fun and I, i love seeing them interact with each other these amazing actors um i got to meet um frank gorshin oh yeah um in the late 90s um dad and I, my dad and I had recently watched 12 monkeys and he had a part in that, which is great. He's got yeah. that. He had so much character to that guy. who's looking around and that, I love that tongue thing. you he's thinking, and, uh, he did a standup, uh, run through yuck yucks and dad and I went to see him and he's, he must've been pretty close to 70 by this point. Yeah. And he did this amazing, like, like one man show, one man play. Of a shootout between I can't remember all the guys who were supposed to be in it. Jack Nicholson, Kirk Douglas, Burt Lancaster, and maybe Eastwood. And he played all four of them, just talking to each other, and then there were sound effects for gunshots and stuff. And he did he reminded me of Jim Carrey. Like he nailed the voices, amazing impressionist, but he also did the faces. Yeah. And his Jack
0: Nicholson face, he just had his teeth out like it was awesome yeah I uh, cited Gorshin as a number of times as an inspiration because he does the full physical thing instead of just the voice. right yeah yeah and it's impressive it's impressive to see alive and, and almost 70 to still
1: have that passion and, and to be doing impressions of people that a lot of people don't even know who they are yeah. like to see Burt Lancaster impression by a guy in his late 60s and the mid 90s like it was pretty awesome. Yeah. So yeah, Dad and I both shook his hand. Shook his hand after and he seemed surprised that we would do that. But, you know, I was a fan because of the show and sure. to me he is the most dangerous scene. He's the one uh, bad guy from The One Rogue from uh, the Batman series or movies that I wouldn't really turn my back. <laughs> like he's to me he's got he's got a real intensity to him. Uh, he's you know, you, some people uh, would say there's a real parallel between the Joker and the Riddler. You yeah. know, they, they they both can be silly, and whereas I think in the in this uh, the Joker really wants to have a good time, but I feel like the Riddler he wants to kill people and he wants to do it in fun ways. Like he seems insane. He seems yeah. like a, a dangerous uh, psychopath. The, the Joker, I think, seems fairly harmless. Just kind of goofy, wants to have a good time. But it's the really cartoon love... bombs,
0: right? Like it just makes yeah him less of a threat.
1: Yeah, but it's... some of the some of the ways, like Gorsham will just talk to someone, is just so intense. Like you're like whoa, and he was nominated for an Emmy for that, mm-hmm. and uh, deservedly so. It's a
0: yeah, it's it's a fun, crazy performance. Like he's, he's yeah, still, yeah, he's not threatening to kids. Like he's not scary, but he is right. yeah. He seems to be taking the crime thing a lot more seriously. He does, yeah.
1: Although it's so funny. I was watching the movie with, uh, with Ian McIntyre, who, you know, um, there's a part of the movie, I think it was the Penguin. He uh, He knocked out Batman and Robin, at least that was what we were led to believe, in the car. And then he gets out of the car and he's about to drive away. And this is about two scenes after they tried to. Spring Batman and Robin into the sea into an exploding octopus and as kill you, them as you do as you sure. do. Uh, but as as he gets into the car before he gets into the car, he moves West's leg out of the way to make sure he doesn't run over him. <laughs> and I'm saying to Ian like, it's so funny how they go back and forth between wanting to kill them and then just minor annoying them. <laughs> I love that. It's just... To what end are we doing any of this, yeah. really? I and mean, it's just for the sake of doing it.
0: Yeah. I yeah. do like the idea, too, that in, in the movie, the plot has to be big enough to justify a film. hmm You know, so they're, they're taking over the United Nations and turning people into paste and all right. that. Right, yeah. And it's kind of <laughs> existentially horrifying. Yeah. But it's never not fun. Like, no. it's just... It's the thing that the, all these villains came together they sort of outbid each other on what to do and now they're doing this and they're into it they're yeah. they're all really yeah, we're, in, we're allowed, because, and obviously it's because the guest stars are the high value, right? So right. you want to get as much you footage of them as you can. Mm-hmm. But you really do just get scenes where, I mean, we get everything except the scene where they work out who's going to design which parts of the headquarters and how they how they figure it out themselves. Yeah, yeah which I would kind of, of like. It would, would be like kind of fun to see, see. Yeah. 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 It's
1: funny how these things just sort of build themselves. They have an endless supply of henchmen, yeah. every piece of equipment they could ever want. Uh, some of the henchmen actually die in this movie, right. which is pretty surprising when uh, they turn into to powder mm-hmm. and then they can't be reconstituted. And <laughs> it's, I love how Robin is sometimes so innocent in this. And he'll say, well, uh, what happened to them? Are, are they coming back? And I'm afraid they're not. Old oh,
0: <laughs> He's so gentle with him. <laughs> Those people trying to kill you. We kind of killed them. Yeah.
1: Not on purpose, of course. But. Yes.
0: Never yeah. mean to kill, but it just keeps happening. That, that's something else they don't really deal with in the, uh, the Bale Nolan films. People do die a lot, even though Batman keeps talking about how he's not going to kill anybody. It's
1: true, yeah. It just
0: happens. It just sort He's of the happens. least careful Batman.
1: He is, yeah. Well, I mean,
0: uh, maybe Affleck's. Man. Well, Affleck is like openly him. murdering. People. Yes, yeah. That's the Zack Snyder <laughs> promise. Yeah, the the, the there's, murderverse. there's going to be slaughter. Yeah, uh, Superman will kill Superman will 911 lower Metropolis, and Batman has a machine gun now. And, you know, <laughs> shut up. You're not allowed <laughs> yeah. to.
1: There's I've got a there's a friend in town. Um, you may have heard of uh, from superheroes. They do the yes. text from superheroes. Andrew me and uh, Diana McCallum are two uh, comedians in town who run that. And Andrew did a cut of. Uh, he took Batman versus Superman, or Batman v. Superman.
0: Yeah, so stupid. It sounds like a law firm. <laughs>
1: um, and uh, Man of Steel, and he cut it into, I think, like a, about a 100-minute movie. And it works pretty well. I have not seen it's it. It's pretty cool. Uh, he did a screening of it a few weeks ago, and I really liked it. Because um, the, the parallels between Bruce's uh, tragedy and... Um, Krypton's uh, fall, uh, he goes back and forth between that and does that in like about uh, five minutes and there's no dialogue. Okay. And he's just got a musical score going underneath it and it's really cool to see, okay, here's how Batman was created, here's how Superman was created. We don't have to really talk about it and it'll hit us over the head with it, but he got rid of like 45 minutes of stuff in five. That there's alone. very little Russell Crowe in it, um, but it keeps it moving. And, th- and then what's really great is he uh, cuts back and forth between The fight in Metropolis and Man of Steel and the sort of flashback in Batman v Superman with Wayne in in Metropolis. And to have that as one big scene is pretty epic and pretty
0: cool. So, so yeah, I'll see if I can get you a copy. I'd be curious to watch it. I mean, certainly those films can only be improved by having less footage. Yeah, by cutting them down. Yeah, Uh, the the most annoying thing about the, the Snyder films is that they come close here and there. To something yeah. that could work, yeah. Um, yeah. The first hour of Man of Steel is fine, even with Russell Crowe and Flying Dragon Man. You know, <laughs> it's it's okay. You're telling mm-hmm. the same. You're telling. You're sort of playing with the Donner formula that was established in yeah. '78 and showing us the origin. And they they are smart enough that they do the same thing in Wonder Woman, which is that you keep the character out of the suit mm-hmm. for as long as possible, mm-hmm. and then bec- that makes it an iconic reveal. Right. Even though we have seen Superman show up mm-hmm. a million times now. When other people see it for the first time, if the movie has delayed that long enough, it still can land. I mean, the yeah. No Man's Land sequence in Wonder Woman is easily the best thing that Woman right. has yeah. produced since. I mean, I th- I think it has to
1: happen in Act Two. I don't like yeah. the, I don't yeah. like it to wait longer than that because you get to the the thing we missed with Man of Steel to me is a, a montage of him doing saving people.
0: Yeah. I, well, we, the we, Superman doesn't save people.
1: Right. No, he that's just, not his thing. He doesn't care. And you know, uh, a lot of people don't like um, Superman oh. Returns. I love it. Uh, there's a lot of fun in that movie man it's a it's, that to me is a good Superman movie I, I mean I don't love Ralph because I feel like I feel like he was directed to try to be Reeve
0: he is yeah he's and, doing uh, very clearly especially as Clark Kent
1: yeah and, and uh, I think that was a mistake but I mean to me what's missing from everything that came after that is that plane scene that plane mm. sequence is awesome and harrowing because what I love seeing Superman do is we know we can do anything but I want to see stuff that pushes him. It was hard for him to stop that plane. knew yeah. we could do it, but it was challenging. There were more things going on. And then what an iconic reveal of him landing in a, the most American place in the world, a baseball stadium, yeah. holding a plane and putting it down. And then silence and then applause. Okay, I'm back. And and saved tons of people. Yeah. That is a Superman moment that has to be, I think, in a Superman movie and Snyder doesn't get that. Yeah. I think Snyder is an amazing um, visual guy. He he can he can paint a picture.
0: Yeah, he's a panel stylist. But he can't tell a story. He can capture the intensity of an image. Yes. Really well. That's his yeah absolute strength although I guess his Dawn of the Dead remake is great although I think James Gunn probably gets a lot of credit for writing that Uh,
1: yes if he's working with a good script then then that can help but if he's too involved with that story then I think things fall apart Mm -hmm. yeah I like Dawn of the Dead a lot too Um, but probably not as complicated a story as a Superman one needs to be yeah
0: and the thing about the thing about Superman Returns is that it gets... It understands the best thing about Donner's film is that the villains are really secondary to fate and accidents. Mm. That most of the stuff that happens um, in the plane crash sequence in, in Returns is because the power cut out for a second. Right. But it's all the other things that get set up. You know, it's like a final destination sequence. You get all these little things <laughs> that go wrong yeah, culminating in a colossal tragedy that only Superman can stop. Yes. And it reminds us just how... Frail and powerless humans are Because we are subject to all of these things And he's just not mm-hmm. And they kind of get there in Batman v Superman With the God sequence where he lands in his welcome Was that Batman v Superman or Man of Steel? Uh, no, the, it's like a Puerto Rican fire Or something, that's, yeah, that's the sequel I think so, yeah um, but Which then, felt like
1: it was shoehorned in for that idea Yeah,
0: but it doesn't fit anywhere, exactly no. It's just there Yeah, um, He's the lonely God And mm-hmm. That's not interesting. That's no. It's not as interesting as someone who desperately wants to be one of us. Yeah. And has to keep stopping whatever he's doing to fix things.
1: Or, well, it's not also not as interesting in Superman, I think it was Superman 2, where Lois started to catch on mm-hmm. that he was Superman. And I love that part where she sort of jumps into Niagara Falls. Yeah. And Clark just, like, goes to the edge and, like, pulls. Sorry, he didn't show up. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, that's so cool that... Yeah. Superman's busy today. He fought that impulse to be Superman and just be a
0: human and that's pretty neat too. Yeah. Well, I think on some level he wants Clark wants to save her, so Clark is worthy sure. of her. Yeah. But right. also I do like that little quiet bit of sadism where it's like, you know, I'm not gonna try. I'm not gonna yeah. I'm not gonna do the easy thing. I'm not gonna give you what you want. I'm gonna make it hard on you for this. Yeah. And yeah, it's a little <laughs> weird. It is so punishing weird. Punishing Lois, but yeah. Lois Kind of jumped into the lake there, so she you know, is,
1: or the river. It's her own fault, and that's that's neat. That it also didn't have to do with uh, a villain creating this, because mm-hmm. some of the most to me interesting stuff about Superman is when he isn't fighting someone. Um, the, well, the other thing I hate that is everybody hates is that the way that his dad died, um, oh, yeah, yeah. him not saving his dad. To me, that is that is the point where he should have chosen to reveal. Himself, a Superman to the world. He could have hid behind something and changed very quickly, right. or whatever. Yeah, he's faster than the you know.
0: human eye can see. He's exactly, there are
1: a dozen ways. John a, dozen ways. Could a dozen ways.
0: A dozen ways. And then to safety, break his leg. You know, yeah. Like, Dad, come
1: on. And then later in the movie, you give Pa can't cancer, something that Superman can't save yeah, him from. That's how
0: he died. That's how they always died before. Right? Yeah, I mean, it was a tropical disease or something in the right. comics. And yeah, was a heart attack and. Uh, and it's poignant California. to have someone who can do anything.
1: Not be able to do something, not because they don't choose to, because there's just no way to save someone from this disease, and that's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. The man who can do anything who can't do this to save his dad. Um, yeah, but to yeah,
0: and to bring it back to the conception of Batman, mm-hmm. here we have someone who has been. Well, I mean, I I still we don't still we yet we don't yet have a Batman movie. He's shown up in a couple of them, and uh, mm-hmm. he, he writes a letter in Wonder Woman. <laughs> But there's no, like, Snyder... I would have thought that after all of the, the, the missed opportunities on Superman, that Snyder would get Batman. Mm. Because he's, you know, he's a power fascist. He gets the idea of being strong enough to do whatever he want, right. And then Batman, who is actively breaking laws to do the thing he thinks needs doing, mm-hmm. and is only human, that's a more interesting conception of what Snyder wants to do. Right. And then he just gives him a machine gun and lets him yeah. kill people. And it's, again, it's just... Right. Whatever Affleck is doing as Wayne is negated by the idea that, no, Batman murders people and is crazy. Well, I think that also fits with the pattern
1: we've seen in Batman since the 80s. And that, you sort of said it, that Batman can do whatever he wants. I don't like him thinking that. Hmm. Uh, I like the idea of Batman following the law when he can and breaking it when he has to. Um, I like the idea of him using restraint, but he has resources. No one else has. Right. Um, I like the idea of him being the only one who can do it, but not him being able to do whatever he wants because of that. And I think that message has gotten muddled a lot over the last 20 years of, of Batman. And I don't like it. I like, I like the West Batman. Mm-hmm. I like, I like that. He is a deputized agent of the law that's in Gotham right. city. I think that's super fun. Um, well, and people are happy to see him. That's the difference yeah, between West true. Batman and every true, other Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really changed too, eh? Is that Everybody thinks he's this terrible outlaw there, there are very few Gothamites, it seems In anything we've seen since the mid-80s That really appreciate Batman
0: mm. Which is weird, because they must have noticed At some point that all the bad guys are being
1: stopped Yeah, by the him. crime rate has to be going down yeah,
0: And he's not as bad as the guy who blew up that Who tried to blow up a barge or right. a, I mean, I guess, okay, nobody knows About the nuclear detonation at the end of Rises But surely they, know the ba- they knew that Bane was not a good person like running around, citizens well, yeah. of Gotham. Look what I'm <laughs> killing people.
1: Well, he he threatened. He threatened to destroy Gotham yeah. with that at the football stadium, he and everybody knew it was going to go in off. That
0: basement. And, yeah, the I mean, yeah, yeah. At that point, I think. Although, I suppose in the Nolan versus Batman, really only appears two or three times. Period. There's barely
1: any Batman in that movie. You know. yeah Yeah which is weird yeah I I like that movie uh, I didn't love it when it first came out but uh, I like what what Nolan's trying to do you know people criticize that he didn't get Batman that Batman isn't someone who is trying to get out of being Batman but what if he was I yeah, mean I'm fine with that I, I like hearing a different take on the story I think it's kind of cool um, it
0: it's has its really problems it's alienating sure. it, it must not be fun to be Batman if mm-hmm. you have to do it forever yeah um Clooney aside. Right. Because he was, he was enjoying it. And <laughs> yeah. But that was a different world, right? I mean, there totally. is. I think the problem with the Nolan films is that by inherently trying to ape reality, mm-hmm. they are telling us there's no place for Batman. That he is, yeah. a, like, he's an elaborate reaction. He's a spy kind of right. guy. He's a. He, if there was a guy running around in a bat costume, it would look. That's the problem. He establishes the real world of Gotham so well that when Batman finally shows up, outside the context of you know, like the Scarecrow hallucinations in Batman Begins, where it's really effective.
1: Mm-hmm, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, so
0: he's a ninja who can't run around without a bat costume, and he mostly works in the night because in daylight, oh, yes, in daylight he really looks very silly. Yeah, yeah. If you're the only one, it looks weird. Right. And that's kind of the one good thing about the new DC films is that by creating a universe where it isn't our reality... You at least have a context where Batman can run around a lot.
1: True. When yeah. he shows
0: up at the beginning of Suicide Squad, it's the one. It's the best moment. and I don't know if you've seen Suicide I Squad. I
1: haven't. It's the one Batman appearance yeah. have kind of avoided.
0: It's the only one of Affleck's so far that's really worth it. Oh, Cause, yeah? Because in that one moment, he shows up, he's there to arrest Deadshot, uh, Will Smith's character. Mm-hmm. And Will Smith's out in civilian clothes, and he's with his 13-year-old kid, his daughter, and Affleck shows up in full costume it's the only he's been tipped off he knows he's there Mm. he shows up as Batman and just says I don't want to do this in front of your daughter and you suddenly get oh that's right that's right you're a traumatized child who dresses up in a costume Yeah, and you don't want to pass that on to anybody Yeah. it's the first indication that maybe Affleck knows the character even if Snyder doesn't Yeah. and David Ayer just has no time for him in the movie but it's the one thing that gives me a glimmer of hope of someone getting Batman I love that because that's an Adam West line
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. And so for me, Batman, a Batman. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I want more of that.
1: I want, and I did like the end of, um, uh, Rises that he put his trust. He turned the Wayne Manor into the orphanage. Right. Oh man. Like I'd never seen that in the comics before. And I thought, what a, what a perfect end to Batman to turn that home into a home for orphans. Like to me, the person who wrote that moment gets Bruce Wayne and gets Batman and, all the emotional beats in that movie worked for me. Yeah. Like uh, when uh, when Gordon realized that it was uh, it was Bruce Wayne, and he said, "You know, as a, even when you put a coat on a young boy's shoulders." Like I was weeping in the theater. Like for for them to finally have that moment, I yeah. thought it was great. I thought it was a little far fetched that he didn't already know.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean I just assume but Gordon's been covering For uh, for Bruce Wayne for Me too Decades
1: Yeah exactly And in some stuff like They sort of allude to that I think it was in uh, In year one There's a part where he, he, he dropped his glasses Or something And he sort of pretended He didn't see who it was Who was right. there And stuff like that I like stuff like that but Yeah
0: Because uh, the real Bruce Wayne Would be such a mess Oh that, yeah you know, To either suddenly Start acting normally Now that he's got The Batman outlet Right Would be an, a giveaway Would be a tell True. To people who knew him True Or it would be just, uh, he would still be insane anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: We're buying buildings, we're doing things for charity. Um, Okay, also I want all the lemonade. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Because I'm incredibly... Because that's the Will Arnett Batman. That's the Batman that's having fun with it. Sure, yeah. The the, the one with enough of a throwback to the playfulness of of the Mm -hmm. 60s milieu that he can get away with it. Right. And it's just, yeah, it's good to see that people still have room in their hearts for that interpretation mm-hmm. that for the West interpretation and for the just the the way that the, the Lego Batman movie Joker is motivated by feeling you know overlooked and insecure right which I kind of <laughs> That's a that's a motivation I can ascribe to the villains on the TV show because they just kept coming back. Yeah, I mean they kept getting beaten and they just kept coming back. It's like, come on, we can we can fight some more.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I love that comment on the whole thing. Like, is it just somebody who needs attention? And then what? And what does that mean? Who is this person? And you know, they didn't delve too deep. It's still a a kids' comedy at the end of the day. But it was it was fun to be that self aware of it and to poke fun at it a bit. Yeah, Yeah. I, I love being able to have fun with Batman. Why why shouldn't we? Mm-hmm. And I hope we see more of that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. So do you? Do you? I mean, you work in in voice voice acting mm-hmm. and animation. Have you? Have you seen? I think it's the Gray Ghost episode of Batman the animated series, the one where they actually bring in Adam West. Oh it? yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. It's so great. I still haven't caught up to it. I have managed to miss it every time.
1: I've got. I've picked and choose, chosen sort of. I, I didn't watch. I haven't seen all of uh, all of the animated series, but I did see that, and I love that, and I love when they pay homage like that I think it's so great I mean Conroy is an amazing Batman um definitely the best animated Batman he just nailed it and that show really showed a lot of it was like a noir I mean they showed so much detective work in that show um definitely more Batman than Bruce but uh but still fun. And, and that Batman was much more stable than a lot of the stuff we see now. You know, yeah, he was very much a detective, and I, I really loved it. But yeah, having, having West involved was really cool. And recently, um, I think it was late last year, uh, for the 50th anniversary of this film, uh, Batman 66, uh, they did uh, an animated version with um, who all was in it. It was uh, West, Ward, um, and... Um, Julian Amar.
0: Oh, this is the, the DC animated movie. Yeah, uh, yeah. The
1: Return of the Cape Crusaders. I mean, it's kind of weird, because the return only refers to the fact that it's a return for us, that these people are coming back. Yeah. They haven't gone anywhere in the... Have you seen the film? No, 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 no. It's no, no, really funny, that. but it doesn't quite hit the mark, because... Well, the the characters all sound older, but they are still. It's still 1966. They're still the age they were then. Nothing has changed. It would be neat to maybe see them aged up a bit, but uh, they do things they couldn't do in the show because it's a cartoon. So there's these amazing stunts, uh, you know, great action set pieces. And to me, that took away from it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of like the kind of cardboard feel of the series Yeah. And the, and the movie. I mean, the movie definitely had a, a bigger uh, budget. I love that. But it still has bat shark repellent. Absolutely. Yeah. And the biff and the boom. That comes very late. But um, it's it's so funny to me, and it just seems like it fits this whole world, that it premiered in Austin, Texas because that's where the people who built the bat boat were from and that was their payment i didn't know that <laughs> yeah it's so weird yeah that's such a strange thing and it was supposed to it was supposed to premiere i think july 1st of that year but there was a, a mass shooting in austin that day oh the,
0: right and a, sure. a
1: man killed i think 16 people and wounded 32 and yeah, so that kind of, this kind of stuff isn't new. These mass shootings yeah. in
0: America I did realize man. that that was derailed by the tower shooting. It was, yeah. Uh, Whitman, wasn't it, Charles Whitman? There's a documentary, oh. an animated documentary about it, a rotoscoped oh, uh, documentary it? called Tower that was released last year. Oh, wow. Yeah,
1: yeah I'm not certain if that was the exact same. Huh. But, uh, but yeah, it did derail the, uh, the premiere of the film, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, August 1st. It was supposed to be August mm-hmm. 1st. Yeah.
0: Yeah, pretty crazy.
1: But yeah, so many, so many weird things tied to that. I like, and I love the boat and and the helicopter. and then uh, Bert uh, climbing down, dangling from his legs with the the bat spray in his mouth. Right. And so ridiculous.
0: Yeah, it's not. Even remotely based on real-world logic, which is why it's fun. No, that is why why it's fun. Absolutely. Why not? To the point where they, you know, some days you can't get rid of a Bond direct address. (laughs) He never talked to us. All the lectures were for for Robin's benefit. Yeah. And then they just finally figure out, if you have to break the, the fourth wall, let's just do it right here. Yeah. And it is, it's delightful. It is. It's so ludicrous and so silly. And instantly, I think that's why I can't picture him as Bond. Uh, It's hard to
1: take him seriously, I mean...
0: But I don't have to, I have Batman.
1: Right, and I mean, that's something he struggled with, of course, too. I mean, he was a a serious, classically trained actor who brought this gravitas, you know, sort of the era of Shatner, right? And And he was
0: coming up through the studio system right at the point where his way of acting was dying out, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, Brando and Dean were coming in and showing people a more emotionally immediate performance. Yeah. And, you know, I think of West as sort of like John Gavin and Ben-Hur, where he's doing a really good job of what he's doing, right. but it just reads wrong because of everything else. Yeah,
1: and the desire to have that in film is is going away at that point. So, mm-hmm. yeah,
0: I mean, you know,
1: Adam, it's sort of a double-edged sword, because it brought him back to the forefront. I mean, he never really was a star until Batman. Um, and then, then, yeah, you sort of resent what's making you a star, and, well you probably wouldn't have got your shot if it wasn't for this anyway, you yeah. know. And, of course, in later years, he's uh, he's embraced it. And, you know, you've said before that there's no bad Adam West story. I and mean, Yeah. Fans just love him. And, you know, I've told my story many times about meeting him, and it was... Well, there are
0: people listening to this who I'm who, pretty sure haven't
1: heard of. So if it you want to sure. tell it, I'd love to. Hear well, them. yeah, so... It is a great story. Uh, I, it's, one, it's my favorite, for sure. Um, so, you know, I've, I've been working as an actor and doing cartoons and stuff um, for a while. And a few years ago, I got to, um, to go to uh, Fan Expo, our, our sort of local Comic-Con here in Toronto. and I was signing autographs for kids who loved uh, Bakugan and Beyblade and some of the stuff I was in. And so I got to get in there early on the the second day. I think it was the Saturday morning, like 9.30 in the morning or something. And I went and stood in front of where Adam West's desk was. And no one else was there yet. So I had to wait for like half an hour before they opened the doors. And then there were probably a couple people behind me. And um, then the curtains were drawn. And a man came out carrying a stack of photos. And then Adam West behind him. And I I felt a flutter in my heart. I don't... uh, I don't get uh, nervous meeting people usually, but in my mind that hadn't changed in 30 years, I, this was Batman I was meeting today. And uh, so he sat down and got comfortable and he motioned for me to come up and he said, so how are you young man? And I probably just went, <laughs> and, uh And then his handler said, oh, can you please back up? We're not ready to, to do autographs yet. And Adam looks up at him and says, leave us alone. I'm having a conversation with this young man. And my heart just leapt. I mean, that was just... <laughs> to hear him say that like that about me, uh, it was great. And so I talked to him for a good 10 minutes. We, I told him immediately what I did. Uh, and, and he was talking to me about voiceover and how um, it's a fun thing to do, but it, it can be hard work. And he, he was talking about how lucky he's been and how he appreciates... All the opportunity he's he's been given, and I brought up Family Guy, and I said, "Well, you, you know, you've done a lot of voice work," and he said, "Oh, that's wonderful," and he just he's so he feels so lucky that he was able to to play the mayor in that. and that and that's another thing where his sensibilities fit so well, his weird sense of humor mm-hmm. in that character. So we talked for a bit, and then finally, I pulled out this magazine I have. A friend had given me from 1966. It was a, like a, a teeny bopper magazine called Teen Life. And uh, Bert and Adam are on the cover in costume. And uh, there's probably a 15-page spread in there. It's a a story. They're behind-the-scenes lives, lives with with Adam and Bert. And, And so we asked if he could take a look at it. And he thumbed through it really slowly, really scanning it. And he got really quiet. And I got this sense that he hadn't looked at these pictures in a really long time. And it was so neat to share this moment with this man who was... Such a hero to me. It's not me scratching, folks. That's the yeah, dog.
0: I'm trying to figure out <laughs> if we should cut around this. but yeah, ah, It's charming. We have a dog here. Dexter's great. Um, <sighs> this is the problem, too, when he starts going. <laughs> yeah. People think I'm getting bored. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. Enough of yeah. your story. It was pretty rude of you to start something. It's like, no, <laughs> Jesus, no. All
1: right. I'll give you the option to cut around it if you want. <laughs> uh, where was I? Uh, so he's stumbling through the magazine and... I'm sharing this moment with him that I, I really I really felt we, we were sharing a moment. This man that was a hero to me and looking at his past with me at this book and it was really, really nice, a nice quiet moment. And then he, he closed the cover and he signed it uh for Jason, Adam West and um and he shook my hand and he wished me luck on my uh on my endeavors. And uh you know, I, I like to say to people you hear this saying that uh you shouldn't meet your heroes because they'll disappoint you but yeah. sometimes they become your heroes again um, and he did that day I walked away smiling ear to ear and that smile comes back every time I tell this story and uh, I'll tell anyone who listens <laughs> Yeah, it was it was great and for him to take that time with me and to be so kind I mean he didn't have to yeah. and that to me speaks to the man he was and uh, and yeah it's cool that it's cool that for years uh, his Adam we- his Adam West Batman was my hero, and now Adam West is, and that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, um, is there anything? I mean, do you have a specific Adam West tribute built in somewhere? Do you do you use <laughs> Batman or Batman the movie or or just West in your own creative DNA? Has it found
1: its way in? Uh, absolutely. I mean, not in a, not in an overt way. I think that people would necessarily recognize, but. Uh, for the, the show, for sure, um, gave me the interest in the old serials, which I've gone back and since watched. And I loved how serial-like the TV show is. The cliffhangers, the over-the-top, 40s-style narration. Right. That narration, for sure, has become a big part of what I do. And it's on my demo tape, and it's how I approach uh, various characters, uh, narration, uh, comedy... I've done a lot of sketch comedy, and I love to write these very serious sort of detective type people who say ridiculous things with um, with dry humor yeah. and and in the cartoons I'm in now, you know i'll get a I'll get a lot of um, characters where something will happen like I don't know, say a, a pie falls down onto the floor and like am so gonna go. Oh no, you know, that's sort of what they're, they're hinting at. There's all these exclamation points. And, but I always like to go for the, Oh no, (laughs) you know, I, I I love the dryness. I love the making it small can sometimes get a bigger laugh. Um, so yeah, the deadpan silliness and the over the top heroic V voiceover for sure comes from that. Um, and just personally, uh, he was a role model, man. Like, I wanted, I wanted to be a good person. I've thought at times in my life of wanting to become a police officer, but I, I don't think that, I don't think I would really be able to do it. I don't think I'd like it. I think my mom would be worrying way too much, too, <laughs> every night calling make sure I'm okay. But I like the idea of, um, you know, his example was to help everybody. And uh, it wasn't as a, a diverse landscape. On television at the time, but I got the sense that Batman didn't have any. Um, he was he didn't he was not bigoted. He uh, I felt like he felt everyone deserved justice, and that's something that I believe. And and he you know I think as as much as he liked beating up the criminals and putting them in jail, I think he also believed in rehabilitation. And. And he tried to set an example for his Ward Robin and for all the children who were watching it. And as goofy and crazy and over-the-top as that show was, I think the character that Adam West played as Batman in that show was a hero that people can actually look up to. And he set an actual good example. And that's the kind of Batman I want to be, man.
0: (laughs) I think it's wonderful that your love is pure and true, just like the character. I think it's something that's really... He was earnest without being... I mean, he was incredibly earnest. He was so Mm -hmm. over-the-top earnest that it made it normal again. But not pandering. No, yeah. He was... He didn't... And as you say, he didn't judge people by the color of their skin. He judged them by how badly he wanted to punch them. (laughs) That's my Batman. Yeah. (laughs) Not bigoted, just violent. (laughs)
1: It's necessary. There's a bit of violence necessary, Yeah.
0: (laughs) My thanks to Jason DeLine, who's all over the place these days. You'll see him later this year on Star Trek Discovery, and right now he's preparing an eight-week voiceover workshop in Toronto, Find Your Voice, starting September 5th. You can hit him up for information on that at info at jasondeline.com. You can find Jason on Twitter at jasondeline, all one word, and you can find Batman on Blu-ray and DVD from 20th Century Fox Home Entertainment. It's also available on iTunes and Google Play. And of course, the Batman TV series is available in a ridiculously good Blu-ray box from Warner Home Entertainment. Oh, and Fan Expo Canada takes over the Metro Toronto Convention Center this Thursday, August 31st through Sunday, September 3rd. And you can find everything you need to know about that at FanExpoCanada.com. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Norm Wilner and elsewhere on the internet at NowToronto.com. You can also find this podcast on Twitter at Semcast, S-E-M-Cast, and on the web at SomeoneElsesMovie.com. If you want to leave a review up on iTunes, why, that would be very kind of you, chum. Thanks for listening.